The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. I want to mention a great resource for writers, and this month's sponsor, Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. I'll expound later in the show, but the short version is this long-awaited book about the craft of creative writing from New York Times bestselling author Steve Almond sets out to debunk the well-meaning but misguided myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and most honest work. Pick up a copy today of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, wherever you buy books, more soon. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. Help us start something special. Rainmaker FM. Hey, hey, welcome back to The Writer Files. I'm your host, Kelton Reed, here to take you on another exploration of the habits, habitats, and brains of renowned writers. And this week, self-confessed serial entrepreneur, founder of Copyblogger, and CEO of Rainmaker Digital, Brian Clark, stopped by to rap with me about his hero's journey to success, the evolution of blogging and content marketing, and his culpability for the existence of this very show. The inaugural guest of The Writer Files is a content marketing trailblazer who launched his one-man blog, copyblogger.com, in 2006. With only a modest investment, no audience, and no connections, he slowly and steadily built it into a vital eight-figure business and one of the most popular and influential content marketing and writing blogs for online writers. He's considered a top marketing influencer on writing, a top 10 online marketing expert, and one of the 100 most influential online marketers. Brian's been featured in over 20 books, including Lynchpin by Seth Godin and Free Agent Nation by Daniel Pink. He's now the CEO of Rainmaker Digital, the digital commerce flagship behind Copyblogger, Studio Press, and Rainmaker Digital Services, to name just a few. Brian's also the curator of personal development newsletter Further and Unemployable, a podcast and resource for freelancers, consultants, and like-minded entrepreneurs. In part one of this file, Brian and I discuss how a reformed lawyer became an influential blogger on the importance of compelling storytelling to successful online content, the moment Brian realized he was an entrepreneur who could write and not a traditional writer, how a near-death experience led to an enlightening career change, the birth of content marketing, and how Brian helped grow an online empire without any outside investment or advertising. The Writer Files is brought to you by the all-new Studio Press Sites, a turnkey solution that combines the ease of an all-in-one website builder with the flexible power of WordPress. It's perfect for authors, bloggers, podcasters, and affiliate marketers, as well as those selling physical products, digital downloads, and membership programs. If you're ready to take your WordPress site to the next level, see for yourself why over 200,000 website owners trust StudioPress. Go to rainmaker.fm slash studiopress now. That's rainmaker.fm slash studiopress. And if you're a fan of the writer files, please click subscribe to automatically see new interviews as soon as they're published. All right. 
we are back on the writer files with a uh a very special guest today um the always humble uh serial entrepreneur content marketing pioneer brian clark is on the show today thanks for uh hopping on to do this did you say humble <laughs> well you know i think sometimes when i look at your uh list of all the stuff that you've done um maybe just even in the last decade or so it's pretty interesting that uh you've got this list of list of accolades and and you know uh, you don't it doesn't seem like you you kind of wear those things on your on your uh lapel you you're just kind of you kind of fly under the radar when when you get to know you a little bit better yeah because frankly it's embarrassing uh (laughs) to a certain degree so i kind of deflect but uh we've had a good run uh i'd say you know over the last seven years i couldn't have done it without all of you on the team you know so the less you guys let me do the better we perform (laughs) oddly you know you're like no don't touch that brian you're gonna break it don't that's sweet that's sweet um yeah so full disclosure uh brian is the founder of uh, copy blogger, one of the most popular influential uh, content marketing and writing blogs on the planet. Um, and I uh, actually went to work for um, copy blogger, uh, I think about five years ago, um, actually kind of uh, just started out as a almost like an intern and then started doing more and more uh, content writing and, and uh, multimedia production. So I've worked with and for Brian forever it seems like. And uh, as the CEO of Rainmaker Digital, the company behind Copyblogger, Studio Press, um, Rainmaker Platform, Rainmaker Digital Services, I've done, a, I've done a lot of stuff with you guys and for Brian, including helping out uh, producing one of your, uh, actually several of your podcasts. I know. You wearing that multimedia title that you have means anything that's hard we send you <laughs> <laughs> right i can't make this work <laughs> no i i wish that were true i mean i i feel like the hard part uh, a lot of times is done by members of our team that uh you know work in support or um design development and all the all the actually hard stuff <laughs> um and i feel like a lot of times i get to do some of the more fun creative stuff like uh work on producing a uh, a marketing video or um get to listen to you talk with uh with uh you know well-known entrepreneurs or whatever it may be so anyway um i want to get into your writing process and and kind of maybe for listeners who aren't familiar with who brian clark serial entrepreneur content marketing pioneer i love the word pioneer it's like you're out there with an axe or something dude i was taking the arrows <laughs> but it's true um you know i mean you are considered um you know a a top influencer who drives engagement, especially in content marketing and, and the writing niche, um, a top 10 online marketing expert, uh, one of the top uh, 100 most influential on- online marketers. The list goes on and on. You've been featured in like 20 some odd books, including books by guests who have actually done this interview series as well, Seth Godin, Dan Pink. Um, and it's pretty pretty interesting. So let's go back to your minor superhero origin story. Um, it kind of catches up, like how like how did you get here, man? And I know a lot of it has to do with writing. Um, so much of it is about uh, you know 
this this blog that you started what 2006 this one man blog um how the heck did you get here man well it starts before then um i actually uh, graduated from college with uh, a solid liberal arts degree and no job prospects. So I went to law school um, and I did really well in law school, but I knew even before I finished that I didn't want to do it uh, the rest of my life. I did practice in a big law firm from 94 to 98, which confirmed every suspicion I had about not wanting uh, to practice law. And like a lot of unhappy lawyers, what I really wanted to do was write. You know, I, every every writer's got a novel. I mean, every lawyer's got a, a novel or a screenplay in them. And and I thought that was my path. But really, when I ended up quitting the job, which was very comfortable and you know, it had a lot of perks. And uh, despite the unpopularity of lawyers, sometimes it still made my mom happy. Uh, so when I told her that I was quitting to write on the internet in 1998, uh, that, that didn't go over well, uh, that didn't go over well with a lot of people because most people just didn't understand, uh, the emerging and developing medium. And I'm not going to say I did either, but I understood it better than most because I had spent 94 to 98 every night after work, just kind of staring at the screen of this little boxy compact computer uh, that all I did really (laughs) used it for was to connect to the internet and try to figure things out anyway. So when it came down to, I studied screenplay writing intensely and and I credit a lot of that, um, believe it or not to the work and that I eventually did in copywriting and content marketing and all that, because it's really a form of compelling storytelling. And, I think that's where a lot of people struggle. They don't understand the difference between uh, a traditional narrative and kind of telling a story over time with content. So I started out at the time, people like Chris Perillo and others uh, that are still around online uh, were publishing e-zines and there weren't any books or conferences or courses or anything that you could learn this stuff from. You just had to watch people, see what they were doing and then develop relationships, you know, reach out and say, Hey, I'm a fan. Uh, how is it that you're making money with this? You know? And I saw all these guys had these, uh, ad rates for inclusion of advertising in their email newsletters that were, you know, really healthy. Yeah. I found out later that what you say your rate is, isn't what you get necessarily. That was one of the hard lessons. But anyway, that was my thing. This is pre-blogging, Uh, I I started several, uh, newsletters kind of focused around pop culture topics, which, you know, I'm, I'm always quick to drop a reference to a film or (laughs) something, music. And, um, and I built audiences. It was amazing, but you know, I made about $4 in Amazon commissions. I think that first year it wasn't really, you know, the online advertising industry at that point was just beginning and problematic. And now it's ripe and problematic. It's always been tough uh, to make money with advertising. You have to have really, really huge audiences. Earlier in the show, I mentioned an invaluable resource for writers. Truth is the arrow, mercy is the bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing, failing, and trying again. Author Steve Almond is a beloved professor at Harvard and Wesleyan and the acclaimed New York Times bestseller of 12 books of fiction and nonfiction, 
And in Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, Steve employs the radical empathy he displayed as a co-host of the Dear Sugars podcast with Cheryl Strayed, where they explored the joys and trials of storytelling to explode myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and truest work. The book includes chapters on plot, character, and chronology, but travels far beyond the earnest intentions of most craft books. It also includes writing prompts to generate new work. Pulitzer Prize-winning author Richard Russo called it one of the best books on writing he's ever read, and also the funniest. Pick up a copy of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories wherever you buy books and add it to your TBR today. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. Anyway, so I'm starting to run out of money. I'm thinking I'm living in Austin, Texas at the time and thinking, okay, Worst case scenario, I'm going to end up a bartender uh, while I try to make something work. But then, as you mentioned, our man, Seth Godin, uh, who was truly a pioneer online in that he started an email marketing firm called Yo-Yo Dine really early on. And he understood the intersection between his past as a direct marketer and how the Internet worked. And that, that book was called Permission Marketing that he wrote. And I, that was my first ever book on marketing. I'd never taken a business class, never read a marketing book. So I had nothing to unlearn, which I often say is a blessing because I think in the early days and even now, some traditional marketers just struggle because you, you have to unlearn the way you've always done things and, and think in terms of audience and opt-in and permission instead of buying media, buying list, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I read that book and I'm like, oh, I get it, you know. Uh, this is a form of direct marketing, not like junk mail, more like relationship. But the, the relationship is direct with the people that you're trying to reach. And if you offer them content, they'll get on your email list. And when they're on your email list, then you're gaining permission eventually to sell them something. And that was a revelation to me. And that's what led to me to, to move from studying screenwriting to studying copywriting and, and noting a lot of the similarities between the two. But also, it was, okay, what do I have to sell? And the only thing I had was a law license. And I didn't really want to practice law, but I also didn't want to starve. So I started a new email <laughs> newsletter uh, that addressed the sexy topic of legal issues related to the internet, which not many people, especially more seasoned attorneys, they didn't understand this stuff at all. So it was, you know, a market advantage uh, and it turned out to be a great idea. And, you know, I started publishing this newsletter. I just have a little call to action at the end that said, if you need some help with something, you know, hit me up. And people started doing that. And more and more people started doing that. 
But I, you know, and that's when I, I really realized that I was an entrepreneur who could write as opposed to a traditional writer. And it was, I, I just, it was like a adrenaline rush for me that, cause you know, and that's where the term rainmaker goes back to the rainmakers and law firms are the ones who make all the money. They bring in the clients, you know, they maintain relationships and they make guys like me do all the work. <laughs> right. Um, so all of a sudden I got to be one of those people and it was amazing um, but I knew I didn't want to, I, I could have built a law firm out of it that was pretty substantial, but I knew I didn't want that. And that was fortuitous discipline at that point. Um, so I basically just took only the best work. Uh, I selected clients who would put me on retainer as opposed to project work. And I did just enough to pay the bills easily and then keep working on the other project. Then the dot-com crash happened and the other, the first business, that's when it officially failed. And again, it was a blessing that I've never gone back to an advertising model since then hmm. um, because I was so amazed that you could sell stuff um, by establishing uh, a valuable relationship with people based on sharing content, expertise, knowledge, whatever you want to say. So from that point forward, I really just wanted to prove that I could start another business that did, wasn't law. And I looked around and, and I saw real estate and, you know, I, for several reasons, obviously you can make a lot of money with the commission structure in real estate. Um, there is licensing requirements, but nothing compared to getting a law, to, law license. Uh, I had the legal background, so I figured out ways I could leverage that. And I had been studying copywriting for two years at that point. And I just looked at the competition online at what realtors were doing. They didn't know what a landing page was. They certainly didn't know how to write compelling copy. They weren't using email, all of this stuff. And I said, this is going to be like shooting fish in a barrel. And it was, (laughs) you know, within four months, I'm making, you know, a six figure annual run. And then it goes up and up from there until I have two brokerages. I've got a little title insurance business on the side through the, through my law license. Um, and I'm making more money than I would have, you know, if I would have stayed at that big law firm and made partner. Um, but I was a great marketer and a terrible manager. And <laughs> I asked, that's, that's how I met Tony. <laughs> you know, eventually it was like, yeah. you're, you're an operations guy. <laughs> Let's talk. Um, but yeah, I worked really, really hard because I, I didn't want to let my clients down. So even though I wasn't great at processes and delegation and all the stuff you need to be good at, you know, I'm not going to let my clients slide. So you just work really long hours. You know, my two babies were born during that period of time and I wasn't really happy. Um, and so in 2005 and I had a, uh, life threatening eye opening experience. I had a snowboarding accident that I didn't realize at the time resulted in a slow drip subdural hematoma so a few months later, I'm having emergency brain surgery because it had grown and was pressing against my skull. And anyway, when I woke up from that, I'm like, I'm never doing anything just for money. I don't have anything to prove to anyone except for myself. Uh, and eventually, I moved completely online, picked up projects, did some JVs during 2005 to just make enough money. Tried to sell the real estate business uh, to another broker and an agent that worked for me. And they, that was a sad thing without me, the business dried up. No, no. 
because yeah, they didn't know what I did. I never told them. I never created a process. You know, it's just one of those things. Yeah. So they didn't have the cash to pay for it up front. They were supposed to pay me off over time. So when the business dried up, I'm in a tight spot. <laughs> so I'm just kind of scrambling, uh, recovering from brain surgery, trying to make some money. And in December of 2005, uh, I had been, you know, for the last four or five months, I'd been paying close attention to the emerging blogging, uh, professional blogging space, I guess is what you would call it. There was Darren Rouse of ProBlogger. There was our own Chris Garrett uh, and a guy named w Nick Wilson who were running a site called Performancing at the time. Those were the two sites. And then yeah. I said, this is good. They're teaching people effectively how to write, which has been, you know, what's fueled my businesses. But there's two things they're missing. Number one, adding direct response copywriting techniques to content makes that content more digestible, spreadable, engaging, all of that stuff that bloggers were interested in. And number two, which at the time, believe it or not, was heretical, was don't sell advertising, sell stuff with your blog. And a lot of bloggers did not like that. That's right. Uh, and, and spoke out against me, and, but they got the URL right, and their audience was like, oh, I think that's pretty interesting. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. so in 2006, so I came up with the idea December 2005 by – January 9th of 2006, I had launched. I mean, I was laser focused that this is what I was going to do. And then by the end of that first year, I think I had nine or 10,000 subscribers, wow. um, which was really good growth rate back then. Uh, and then it wasn't until the next year that I met Tony and we conspired for four months trying to figure out what the right initial product was. Uh, we came up with an online course. Uh, we launched it. We went from zero to six figures in a week, seven figures in a year. And then, you know, we just went on a run, got into software, got into SaaS, got into hosting. Every year to keep me from getting bored, we had to build and launch something new. <laughs> right, right. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it, it turned out well. We've got a great organization that's more like a family than a traditional business. We all work remote. We work from wherever we want to. You work as long as you get your stuff done, you know, no one's standing over your shoulder. <laughs> so, you know, and making it to eight figures in revenue from a blog without venture capital, no investment whatsoever, no advertising. We made it to eight figures without before we started advertising. Amazing. And that's what content marketing can do for you. Yeah. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Um, it's pretty, pretty interesting to see it. Um... And, the, and just kind of the evolution. So it was an overnight success is what you're saying. Well, it was, 
five year, you know, the, everyone always says it's a 10 year overnight success yeah, without right. everything that I'd learned the previous seven years, uh, copy blogger would have never existed. You know, I would have had no frame of mind and, and we didn't call it content marketing at that time. No. Uh, you know, I didn't know anyone who really talked about it explicitly like that. Um, now of course we know now that in the enterprise world, there was something called custom publishing and Joe Polizzi came out of that world and he started uh, content marketing Institute. But it was somewhere around 2008 where Joe convinced me, you know, cause copy blogger was the largest blog on that topic. And it still is as far as audience size. Um, he said, what you're doing is called content marketing. Why don't, you know, you ought to call it that. I think this mm -hmm. is a thing. This is going to become an industry. And I was skeptical and I hated the name, but I could see that he was right, that if, it, if this were going to become a real industry, that it had to have terminology, even if it was kind of not perfect. Uh, and then, of course, what are we, $50 billion a year content marketing industry now? Maybe more. I don't even have the, the latest stats. But Joe was right. And that was, you know, he credits me for validating the term. And I credit him for, for giving us a term even though I think we all behind the scenes go, God, that's the worst term ever. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, but it is really just the new marketing. I mean. Uh, right, it's just, you know, how do you, I met this guy, um, David Beebe. He used to work at Marriott as their content marketing guy. And he's a Hollywood guy. He's an LA guy. He, you know, he produces short films and stuff like that. But you know, he, he applied those skills in the realm of content marketing for Marriott. And he had a quote that was, you know, you've got to stop interrupting what people are interested in, i.e. conventional advertising and marketing and become what people are interested in. And I really wish I would have said that because that is dead on. Hmm. But that's the whole concept. You know, when we launched the Rainmaker platform in 2014, I, I, took that opportunity to try to explain content marketing in a different way. And I said, media, not marketing. And so many people not only bought, <laughs> which was nice, but, um, said, I finally understood what I'm supposed to be doing, uh, with this content marketing thing. This idea that media is what we want, you know, content that's engaging and educational and, and useful. Uh, what we don't want are just naked pitches, uh, for your product. Uh, we, we were much more open to that once, uh, you know, we've been educated to the point of doing business with you. And that's, that's really what I've always said. What do people need to do business with you? And it's generally not a pitch right out the gate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, it's cool that you, that you have your origins kind of, um, in the screenwriting thing. And obviously, um, it comes out in a lot of your writing and storytelling and going back to, you know, Joseph Campbell and, the hero's journey, which is something that you, Oh yeah. I love to nerd out over this and, and, you know, I try to make, you know, it more palatable for the, for the business types. Uh, cause you know, you, you say monomyth and their eyes just glaze over, but all the writers <laughs> right. in the room are like, Oh hell yes. He's going to talk about Joseph Campbell, but the hero's journey and the buyer's journey are so perfectly aligned that it it would be criminal not to think of it that way. So yes, yeah. the screenwriting background helped. Um, but it's not just me. I think a lot of people have latched on to the, the concept that this is a journey. They are the hero of their own story. So you have to play a different role instead of traditional marketing and advertising where like the brand is the hero 
that shifts to the prospect and then you become a mentor um, or a hero, just not the hero. Right, right. Well, um, there's so much out there uh, to link to that you've written. I mean, copyblogger.com, obviously. Um, I'll link to that, uh, your uh, author page there that has, um, you know, going backwards in time, like 8,000 blog posts. But um, uh, where else do you want to point listeners to um, besides copyblogger.com? Because um, in addition to that, you also curate uh, Further, which is your personal development newsletter, which I subscribe to, which I love. Um, and then Unemployable, which uh, you've been doing for a while, uh, that is both a podcast and a resource um, that provides strategies for uh, freelancers and entrepreneurs. Um, do you want me to link to those also so that uh, listeners can find those um, side projects that you're working on? Sure, I always take links, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's interesting because what you just pointed out is uh, curation, effectively playing editorial selection for other people's content, and then podcasting, which uh, except for a few episodes that I, I did write out and experiment with, uh, you know, scripted shows, is not about writing really at all, and I think that was, uh, subconsciously intentional in that uh, kind of the, the theme of further is keep going. Right. So it, it's keep pushing yourselves into areas, uh, that aren't necessarily your comfort zone, not necessarily your strength. Um, and I've enjoyed that. Uh, and I've started writing a little bit uh, as far as original content over, at further, definitely not trying to become Tony Robbins. I'm just <laughs> fascinated with positive psychology. That was my uh, undergraduate degree was in psychology. <clears throat> so it feels great to get back to that and and learn more about it and write more from a, you know, this is the science standpoint, not I am all powerful guru man. Um, <laughs> because I, you know, I don't even feel comfortable with that right. in copy blogger, right? Right, right. Um, but, uh, and then unemployable, obviously podcasting, but recently, and I guess this is the best place, uh, you know, on the writer files to talk about it, but I do feel like I need to, to circle back and play to my strengths and write more. I just, I miss it. Uh, because, you know, even before further and unemployable, I was Mr. CEO for four solid years there where I really didn't write a lot either because I was you know, neck down and strategy and trying to product development, growing the company, achieving our goals. And we went on this yeah. incredible run, which was really great. But again, it just feels like the reason I started all of this as, as you know, I revealed in the story was I wanted to write. And then you find yourself one day going, I'm not writing. <laughs> so right. that's what I've been doing for the last uh, few weeks, uh, really going heavily into research and writing mode uh, which makes me kind of a hermit, as we joked uh, before we got on the air. Uh, but I'm loving it, you know. So it, it feels like I've gotten the company, uh, you know, with with the help of our executives and our, our leadership team. And just all of you have actually given me the luxury of going off to help the company through my, my primary skill set. And not worrying that it's all going to fall down. And that, I think that's a testament to everyone else in the co the company. Because uh, you know I'm pretty 
you know, I don't just let things slide. <laughs> As too many people in the company know, I'm always watching, um, very into little details. I always say, you know, I don't know which details make the difference. It's the aggregation of the little things over time. And, and sometimes I feel, I felt in the past that I was the only one paying attention to that stuff and, and that's not the case anymore. So that's awesome. Well, uh, okay. Well, that brings us to, um, what you are working on presently. Are you writing, you know, are you working on marketing stuff or are you working on a book or is it all kind of intertwined and you're, you know, putting it all together presently? Yeah. Every, every time I think of writing a book, I end up giving it away for free. Thanks so much for joining us for this half of a tour of the writer's process. If you enjoy the writer files, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review on Apple podcasts to help other writers find us. And for more episodes or just to leave a comment or a question, you can always drop by writerfiles.fm and chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week. <laughs>